you can't stay awake during a sermon about staying awake. I'm not looking at you, Jason, don't worry. But seriously. (laughs) Well, as many of you remember, in the year 1999, numerous people were worried that the world was about to end. You remember that? The movie End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger had just come out, prompting us all to think about it more. It was thought that the Y2K bug would bring down our computer systems, our economy would collapse, the very apocalypse was upon us. Millions of people stockpiled food and water. Others sold their homes in the city to move into the country off the grid. People spent their savings accounts on bomb shelters and prepared for the end. At my house, even my mom bought an extra case of water just in case, as if that would do the trick. (laughs) We won't be thirsty the first couple of days, but... I heard uh, one story about a guy who had a a massive New Year's Eve party in 1999 in New York City, no less. He invited all of his friends and family over, and uh, as they were beginning to count down to the new year at the 32nd marker, the guy who threw the party went down into his basement where the circuit breaker was. And as he heard everybody counting down, five, four, Three, two, one, happy! He cut the power in the house. Everybody screamed and panicked. They actually all ran out of the house in a huge chaos and discovered that all the lights on the other houses were still on. (laughs) Well, of course, the end did not come in 1999. And you would not be surprised that the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus has been predicted Countless, countless times. Numerous popes predicted the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus, including Sylvester II in the year 999. In the year 1666, a group of Christians in London thought the end was imminent. Thousands of people were dying from the plague. The London fire had happened in September, plus the number 666 within the year itself was a dead giveaway, right? Tele-evangelist Herbert Armstrong wrongly predicted the end four times. People still listen to his radio program. Pat Robinson, who is still alive today, has predicted the end twice. His most recent prediction came and went in 2007. I don't think he has had any other predictions since then. But about the day or hour, nobody knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. When you hear someone say they know when the end will come, do not believe them. Jesus says, I don't even know that. So why would you listen to someone else? People who get hung up on when the end is going to happen miss the point that Jesus is trying to make here. 
not supposed to waste your time trying to figure out when the end will come, but you are supposed to live in such a way of expectation, knowing that it can come at any point. It's about how you live in the present. Christians have thought that they have been living in the end times since the beginning, since the first generation of Christians. And we're supposed to feel that way. We're supposed to think that way. It gives us a greater sense of urgency with the limited time that we do have. Be aware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. Revelation says it'll be like a thief in the night. It's supposed to be an unexpected time. Unlike the destruction of the temple, which we talked about last week, that had clear signs about when this was about to happen, we are not supposed to know when the end will come. We live as if it could come any moment. We live as if our life could end at any moment. It's the best way to live. It's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves his home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to keep the watch. In the time of Jesus, great houses would have many, many servants. But perhaps the most important job was the doorkeeper. The most important time to keep the watch was at night. If your home was going to be plundered by bandits and robbers, there was no insurance agency in the first century to help cover your losses. If your livelihood was taken, it was taken for good. And the more you had, the more you had to lose. The night watch stood guard and kept the gate locked. And this was an especially important job when the master of the house would go away on a journey. When you leave your home and your family behind, you want to know that that your family is going to be looked after, that your home is going to be cared for and safe. And when you return, whether it is evening, midnight, cock crow or at dawn, you want to find the doorkeeper alert and awake or else they're going to lose their job. The movie Platoon, considered one of the most realistic war films ever made, was directed by Oliver Stone, who actually fought in the Vietnam War himself. In one famous scene from the movie, the character Junior falls asleep on his watch and his unit comes under attack. Well, if you ever watched that scene, the reason that it feels so real is because it was actually inspired from Oliver Stone's life experience in the war. He fell asleep during his watch and was ambushed by the Viet Cong. When he woke, when he woke, he froze in horror to see that the enemy was right upon him. 
Luckily, another watchman spotted the approaching enemies and gunfire erupted. Oliver Stone, this great director, was actually wounded in that firefight by grenade, grenade blast gone off right around him. Soldiers are taught to keep the watch because if they don't, if they fall asleep, there can be deadly consequences. Jesus says, you do not know when the master of the house will return, so I say to you and I say to all, keep awake. Of course, it's impossible to stay awake all the time. I guess not for my kids, but... (laughs) But what Jesus means here is that we are to be alert and awake in our faith, just like Brenda said in Time with Children. We are to be awake in our faith. We are to have spiritual sobriety. But we do not stay awake in our faith for the sole purpose of avoiding being caught unawares when Jesus does come back. If that were the case, then the millions of Christians who have lived and died before us stayed alert and awake for something that they would never see. What sense does that make? We live with expectation because disciples who are awake and alert in their faith make better disciples. We're always ready, looking for opportunities for when God might show up. Not just when the end comes, but every day, ready to respond when God might show up within the day. When God's Spirit wants to prompt you to do something, to reach out to someone, to notice that somebody's not doing well. There is no shortage of ways that we like to disengage and check out. Christians who are asleep in their faith are the ones who are walking from place to place, whether it is work or school or home with their head down, not looking for the possibility of God showing up and using them. They're not alert. There are so many ways we like to check out. Some use substances like drugs or alcohol not to feel in order to escape and not be present. Others check out by spending endless hours consuming media, Netflix, TV, video game, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Spend their entire life looking at a screen. People prefer to be looking down at their phones instead of looking at the people that they are with. How can you see if someone's hurting if you're not looking at them? We distract ourselves with sports, movies. Even the news can be an addiction. People watch so much of it, they just consume it, and they actually never go outside and do something about it. Some choose to close themselves off from people and community entirely. 
And I don't mean being an introvert, I mean isolating yourself from people and community as a form of escape, as a form of checking out. We have mastered the art of numbing ourselves. And I get it. It's easier to disengage. It's easier to fall asleep rather uh, rather than allowing ourselves to be present and alive. Because when we are present, when we are alert and awake, we see the real pain of the people around us. We see that we actually have real pain. And it can be overwhelming. Our greatest temptation can be to disengage, to become indifferent, apathetic, or cold. But when we disengage, we miss out on life entirely. The bad, yes, but also the good and the beautiful. And life is far too fleeting for us to miss out and not pay attention to it. In Mark chapter 14, after Jesus has had the last supper with his disciples, he takes them to the garden of Gethsemane. And just before he's about to be betrayed by Judas and handed over, Jesus tells his disciples twice to keep awake. He says, keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. But of course, Jesus finds them sleeping. He says to Simon Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not stay awake and pray for one hour? These disciples who fall asleep twice after Jesus asked them to stay awake and pray will be the same men who will abandon Jesus in a matter of moments. Peter will deny Jesus three times before the cock crows. Pray that you do not come into the time of trial. Pray that you stay awake and alert. Pray that you are ready when God calls you to your task. Stay alert. As disciples, you never know when God is going to show up. My brother's father-in-law is a man named Arnie, and he lives in West Seattle. A number of months ago, he was sitting in his home with his wife when he heard a scream from outside. He ran outside and saw a young mother pushing her baby in a stroller, and standing in front of her was another woman holding a knife. The woman with the knife was clearly in some sort of manic state. She was coming at the mother and baby. The young mother screamed to Arnie as he came closer, and she pushed her baby toward him and said, Take my baby, keep him safe. 
So Arnie grabs the baby quickly while another man comes out and tries to distract the lady with the knife. And he runs the baby into his house and hands the baby to his wife to look after. And then Arnie comes outside and he finds that the woman has been stabbed. The police arrived, took the knife-yielding woman into custody. And while Arnie was waiting for the paramedics, he sat with the woman. He said, can I pray for you? She said, yes, I'm a Christian. I go to church. And so while she was laying there bleeding, Arnie sat with her and he prayed for her. And after he prayed for her, as the paramedics arrived, she said, will you watch my baby while I go to the hospital? And he said, yes. For the next several hours, Arnie and his wife cared for this baby boy while his mother was being treated at the hospital. And they waited for someone from the family to come and get the baby. And soon the baby was reunited with his mom at the hospital and they are okay But Arnie, who's just being a faithful disciple, alert and ready for when God called him, be awake in your faith. Pray that you do not fall into the time of trial. Pray for opportunities to be used to serve. Pray that you might see God and become a part of it. First Peter tells us to prepare our minds for action. Be sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. When God shows up, be ready for action. It can come at any moment. And most, most days, friends, there is always an opportunity for when God shows up and for you to be used by God. Wake up in the morning ready for it, prepared for it, and it will happen. But you wake up like any other day, and it might not happen. That's why Jesus wants us to be alert, watchful, and ready. Whenever we study scripture, we're always to be asking the question, what does this teach us about God as the work of theology? Our text this morning tells us at least two important things about God. First, God entrusts us with responsibility to care for his children, to care for his creation, It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves his home and puts his slaves, his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. And second, he's coming back. We don't know when, 
but we do know that God always keeps his promises. Mark 13, 26 through 27. They will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. He's coming back. So let us keep the watch together for the second coming, yes, but also for when God shows up every single day. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God whom we can put our faith and trust that you do keep your promises. Lord, we ask that you would teach us to pray, that you would teach us to be awake, that you would give us the strength to do it, that we might have a sober spirituality, Lord. God, we pray that we would see opportunities to care for each other, to care for strangers, to care for those whom we counter on the streets, at work, at school, wherever we are called, Lord. Help our eyes to be open to what you're doing in this world. And Lord, as we prepare ourselves to give for our tithes and offerings, we ask, Lord, that you would take these resources and that you would be blessed by it and that your kingdom would continue to come in this world and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.